Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight, a Rams fans' thoughts on the Super Bowl. Plus, it is time for the offseason. We'll talk about the important dates and later on who stays, who goes in LA Rams free agency preview. As we head in, RamsShowcase.com is definitely where I want to spend a little bit more of my time and attention this offseason. So be sure to keep your eyes there. At Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags, that's where you can follow on socials. But back to RamShowcase.com under that merch tab is where you can snag your shirts. That is absolutely the best way to support the uh, show if that is something you are interested in. The second best way is just be here. Enjoy this time for me. So before we hop in, I wanted to kind of uh, reference uh, a video that had been posted very recently to the Ram social media's uh, social media. That was about a yellow jersey that was being stitched, but... I think there's something very critical to look at when we're talking about this because, I mean, the articles are flying right now of like, oh, the Rams are teasing a new jersey for 2024. I think it's important to remember that uh, the, the, you know, the day after the Super Bowl, <laughs> this video coming out and it being Black History Month, the video blatantly showing that it's a Kenny Washington jersey. I think that really all we're getting is a video feature on Kenny Washington. I don't want to say that's all we're getting because I think that that's awesome. The Kenny Washington story, I think, is incredible. So to get more information on that and to kind of spread that word a little bit to the Rams fans and uh, the rest of the world about about his story, I think is just a, a very positive thing. But I would say that I don't think that we're like getting new yellow jerseys or anything, at least not right now. Maybe maybe they're kind of taking the temperature of the fan base to kind of see how fans feel about a yellow jersey. But at this moment, I would say that... Uh, that it's probably not what we all immediately thought it was. And I'm in that too, because I first saw it and I was like, yo, a yellow jersey, we're going throwbacks. And then I saw the Kenny Washington on there. I was like, oh, okay, probably not then actually. So what can you do? But either way, um, the, the uniform conversation is probably not something I'm going to touch on a lot this off season. Um, because, I mean, uh, we all kind of have our opinions on uniforms and what we want the Rams to do. And I think that my input doesn't really help that um, that thought process along at all. Um, I've got my opinions and you've got yours and maybe some of ours align. But uh, ultimately, the Rams are just going to give us what they give us and we're either happy about it or we're not. <laughs> and I'm one of those who just uh, give me whatever. I'll support it. It's the Rams. And I, I know some people kind of like, you can't just blindly support like that. But I mean... I can, and <laughs> and uh, being a huge Rams fan, I mean, I'm not going to get all worked up about something as simple as the uniforms. Just win some football games, and I'm a-okay. So I uh, wanted to mention uh, the Super Bowl that, of course, just happened uh, this past week, and I got to say, first, before I dive into this, because um, I'm not here to trash anybody, all right? That's not, that's not my plan uh, with my conversation here about the Super Bowl. I'm just going to give some of my own thoughts about uh, how it all played out, but I will say that uh, watching videos of fans freak out and break TVs, I think there's something about that that brings me so much joy. Um, and also those videos where people feel the need to like go into their car and then just like record themselves just being like, what are we doing? What are you, Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> That'll never not be funny to me. Is like somebody just like mentally breaking down in their own vehicle, but recording it. Cause like we all do it, but like put your phone on. <laughs> well, no one needs to see that, man. You're embarrassing yourself out here. Uh, but talk about the Super Bowl. So Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers. Always good to see the 49ers lose. I wasn't necessarily stoked to see the Chiefs win, but uh, 49ers losing. That was awesome. That was for sure some good stuff. I definitely yelled some obscenities um, involving the 49ers team name 
uh, when uh, when that touchdown was scored in overtime. I definitely, you know, I don't cuss here on Ram Showcase, but I did that night, all right? Not on Ram Showcase, of course, but yeah, I, I definitely yelled an F the Niners uh, when that touchdown was scored. That was my reaction to the, <laughs> to the game being over. So that's good stuff there. But uh, I think both teams played well. I think it was a really good Super Bowl. I think that ultimately the way that uh, that it kind of played out, both teams played really well, but I think the better team won. And it wasn't on some ridiculous mistake. It wasn't like a, like Brock Purdy throws the ball, Debo Samuel tips it up into the air, and then it's picked off and the game's over, something like that. It was just the, the Kansas City Chiefs just going down and winning the game. All right, so... I think that was, um, both teams played well. I think that's ultimately my comment there, is that both teams played a great game, and I think the better team scored more points and won the game. Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, they showed us that they are really in a position right now to play for the playoffs. They are that good of a team that they can play for the playoffs. You spend the regular season just getting there, just trying some stuff, doing some things, in, installing some different game plan aspects, and in testing players and seeing their abilities and then you get to the playoffs and you turn it on the lights get bright and you turn it on and that's when you really buckle in and I think that's exactly what the Chiefs did this year they knew that they were one of the better teams in the league but they didn't treat it that way all regular season they were just like let's get to the playoffs you spend the regular season just getting to the playoffs they are a team that's that good to be able to do that on the other side though the 49ers showed us that they still uh, struggle with closing out games under Kyle Shanahan who is now responsible what with what we will call just way too many blown leads in the playoffs to be taken serious. I think that we now legitimately have to have a conversation of, is Kyle Shanahan a good coach, or does he just have a loaded roster? And that loaded roster is masking a lot of his inability to manage these games and manage uh, the outcomes of uh, having a lead, having major leads in games, and not being able to to uh, to close it out. The twenty eight to three, obviously, that's huge. We keep seeing the comments about the different Super Bowls that he's coached and been up and then lost, uh, such as I mean, both games against the Chiefs. He had a ten point lead and lost those games. Uh, entering the fourth quarter, NFC Championship against our Rams, the 49ers were up by ten and of course lost that game. So I think we now have to have a legitimate conversation of uh, is. Is Kyle Shanahan just overrated? Is he just is he just the guy that just can't can't get it done? I think, um, like ultimately, I think that, that that is what we're seeing is that Kyle Shanahan he's just got a loaded roster. Take take away that stacked roster and let's see how good of a coach he actually is because they've had a stacked roster that entire time he's been there. And I saw something, um, I and it was like a big page. I don't remember what it was. Probably I I don't know. I'm not gonna call out somebody who was, who it wasn't, but um, it is asked um. With this Super Bowl loss, does Sean McVay take the lead over Kyle Shanahan? Take the lead? Take the lead? When did Shanahan have the lead over Sean McVay, who has a Super Bowl ring? What has Kyle Shanahan done to show that he's above Sean McVay? The head-to-head record? Is that what we're talking about? Because that is not a realistic thing to look at when we're talking about Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. I think that Sean McVay took over a team that came off of a four-win uh, season under Jeff Fisher and Coach Bones for uh, the last three and took that team to the playoffs right away when we were all talking Jared Goff is a bust all of a sudden he's a playoff quarterback and then two years later he's playing in a Super Bowl uh, or Kyle Shanahan showing up to an absolutely loaded roster and just keeping them where they were keeping them good not great 
keeping them one of the top teams in the NFC, but never really the best. Never really, like, or even if they do win the NFC, they lose the Super Bowl. That's a second best team, and you're not going to change my mind. And I think that Kyle Shanahan is uh, the guy that's holding them back a bit. And then also we have to talk about Brock Purdy. We talked about Mahomes and his his ability to just kind of dominate that game real fast, you know, especially at the end there where he just like, the first half is kind of like, okay, well, you know, they're, they're just kind of buckling in. But I think Colin Coward said it the best is that uh, Mahomes, for the first three quarters, he's just taking notes. He's learning you. And then that fourth quarter and into overtime, that's when he's he's taken the test and he's he's now taking all that information you gave him for the first three quarters and just picking you apart with it, which I think is absolutely right. Uh, but Brock Purdy, uh, let's talk about him for a moment here because it is a division rival. Somebody will probably have to deal with for uh, maybe an extended period. We'll kind of see. Uh, but Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback. He is clearly not a great quarterback. Give it a season or two, and I think that somebody else is on that roster, and it creates some kind of position controversy. It creates some kind of uh, thing where we're going to say, well, Brock Purdy is, you know, he, he he has been the starter. He's taken this team to a Super Bowl, um, but there's this new guy coming in, and we kind of like the way he runs the offense. Um, and if you are sitting there thinking that that's not going to happen, it literally did with Jimmy Garoppolo, who took them to a Super Bowl, lost, and then the whole conversation was, well, how do you replace him, though? He, he took you to a Super Bowl. Uh, same way the Rams did it with Jared Goff, all right? And then uh, sometimes that decision is exactly what you need to do. And nothing, uh, I have zero hate towards Jared Goff. I root for that kid like crazy, but he wasn't good enough to take the Rams to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, excuse me, uh, but Matthew Stafford was. And I don't think that the Rams win that game against the Bengals if Jared Goff is the quarterback. And there's no way to actually know that, and you can argue with me if you would like to. That's totally fine, but I just, I, I don't think it. I, I think that Matthew Stafford, the way that he's able to run this Rams offense, is just next level. Uh, Jared Goff is a very, very good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. I think that Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback. And I think that any fan that doesn't think that uh, Matthew Stafford has a major impact on this Rams offense, first of all, look at the Packers game this year, where the one game that he was not in and how terrible the offense looked. And then also, we'll see post-Matthew Stafford. I don't care who that next guy is. We're, we're getting a drop-off, all right? At least for a little bit. Maybe we'll see how uh, somebody is able to kind of develop in. But the way Matthew Stafford's running this Rams offense is 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 not matchable at this moment, you know? Uh, but back to uh, Brock Purdy here, uh, who I, I do think that we'll, we'll kind of see in a couple of years. He might get relegated to being a, a bit of a, a backup quarterback, but... He's a he's a good quarterback, but he has he has trouble uh, throwing a deep ball. We've seen that all season long. When there's a moment where you just need him to pick up the first, you just need him to buckle in and just and, and figure it out. He just doesn't like he, he'll get you in the good spot, but when that good spot is you know it, it depends on his arm and completing a pass, uh, it's just not there. I think he was what three for twelve on third downs. You're not going to win Super Bowls that way. You're not going to be considered a great quarterback that way. It's just not the not possible. And then on the other side, I mean, you have a Patrick Mahomes who, uh, while the the bulk of the game seemed like the the Chiefs' offense could get rolling, um, it was touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown for the Chiefs' final four drives. And that's not something that I think that Brock Purdy and the 49ers are capable of. And that's Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan specifically. Not just the, you know I want to I want to make sure I'm calling him out <laughs> accurately. Uh, is is I I do think he runs a a rough game plan sometimes. And then they also still abandon the, the run game. Uh, Rams fans want to talk about Sean McVay abandoning the run game. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is, is the abandoner of the run game. He is the, he's the, the leader of that 
that Reddit group. You know what I mean? Like he, he's the guy that that's that's his thing is uh, is just totally just destroying it and just pass happy, pass happy, pass happy in a situation where you got to just run the ball when you literally have one of the top guys, the one of the top running backs in the league. Yeah, obviously run the football, man. And that's a that that kind of echoes a lot of those sentiments of uh, those people that freak out in their vehicles after the game, yell and run the ball and stuff like that. It's like they're they're right there. I mean, you don't get pass happy. You have one of the top backs in the league. Just kill the game out. Like, I mean, there's even that story of uh of the the Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl where if uh if the Falcons just would have knelt it after going up 28 to three, knelt it on every offensive snap, the uh, clock would have run out on the on, on the Patriots. And the Falcons would have won the Super Bowl if they just would have started taking knees in the third quarter, <laughs> which is wild to think. But also, I mean, it's real, right? Uh, also, 49ers not knowing the playoff rules is absolutely hilarious. Uh, some of the players thought that they won after they kicked the field goal. Some of the players thought that they won. And I, I will say not all of them because obviously they didn't rush the field. But how hilarious would that have been if the 49ers scored a touchdown and they rushed the field? Oh, man. That would have been so good, right? And then, uh, obviously, that, that that didn't happen and whatever. But they also, um, why take the ball there in overtime? Um, that didn't make a lot of sense to me the second they were like, we want the ball. It's like, okay, you're going to let the Chiefs know exactly what they need? Like, that's bold, man. Like, because uh, take take that uh, that last drive by the Chiefs. It gets to that fourth down. If that's the first drive of the playoffs, do the Chiefs go for it? I mean, I think so. I, th- I, th- I think I would say yes. Uh, you just want to go win the game. And if you, you miss it, you give them the ball anyway kind of thing. But, but I would say, who knows? And maybe you punt it because also Tommy Townsend is an awesome punter. And maybe you can kind of pin them back and you feel confident that your defense will get you that football back. But uh, to, to kick or to, to, to take that ball first and let the, no- the Chiefs know exactly what they need to win uh, I think that was that was that's a major contributor in your loss. And then even Patrick Mahomes said it after the game that uh, they would have they would have kicked. So, <laughs> or yeah, they would have kicked the ball. So uh, they they wanted they wanted it second anyway. And then uh, Kyle Shanahan kind of saying they wanted the third possession. Um, first of all, I think that that's BS. I don't think that that's real. I think that's a cover up of uh, making a, <laughs> a dumbass call. Let's call it what it is. Um, and so, and I don't know if it was him or the player, but uh, either way. Uh, that that part of it made absolutely no sense to me. But like I said, uh, the Chiefs kind of wrapped up the game really nice, scoring 19 points on their final four drives. 49ers kind of letting the Chiefs hang around. That was what me and my dad were talking about. I went over to my dad's for the game, and we were kind of just talking about the, the, the fact that the Chiefs were still around the entire game meant that they were just going to win. They were they're too experienced to, to let that kind of go. But um, either way, I think that... Um, uh, that uh, the 49ers just weren't in a, they're not experienced enough in that spot, I guess. And you would think that they are with Shanahan and all that, but I think that the Chiefs just, they're just too well-rounded and not a dumb enough team to to ruin stuff like that. Because do the 49ers make the playoffs if Jordan Love doesn't make a terrible throw or Dan Campbell makes a couple of decent decisions? Probably not. So I didn't even think they should have been here anyway, but. And I'm not just going to sit here and just wreck on the 49ers. I realize that's a very popular thing right now for Rams fans and podcasts to do. Um, let's call it what they were, what it is, though. They were in the Super Bowl. We weren't, and that sucks. Um, but either way, um, I just don't think that they deserve to win, and they didn't. So I guess that that's, that's fair. But I'm not just going to sit here and rip them because I'm a Rams podcast, although that does sound like an absolute blast. But I will say is that both teams played great. 
I think the better team won. I think the Brock Purdy hype is rightfully going to calm down a bit because he is not that great of a quarterback. He's just in a really good spot. Um, he's he's good. He's not great. I think that Kyle Shanahan's storyline is quickly going to turn into, is he the guy for this job? Is it, Do we need somebody else to kind of push this team over the top? And I think that that's a realistic conversation that probably should be happening behind closed doors. It'll be an interesting offseason to see uh, what the Niners do and what that team kind of looks like after this. Um, it, it does have a very 49ers versus everybody kind of feel because of uh, social media and the kind of stuff that, um, you know, players, and, and so they hate the 49ers, uh, down to so many different people. There was a good Dickerson clip of talking about, like, somebody, I don't remember who he was talking to, but uh, somebody was that was like, I think I'm rooting for the 49ers. And he was like, Dickerson's telling him, he's like, those fans are arrogant. They suck, dude. Like, he's like, you won't, you won't. Like, it'll it'll switch. And then, yeah, that guy was like, yeah, these, these fans are arrogant. They are rude. They are obnoxious. He's like, I'm going for the Chiefs now because of the fans. And, I mean, I think Rams fans kind of understand that a bit, is that uh, these Niners fans can absolutely get over the top and obnoxious. And it's not like we don't have our own that can get over the top and obnoxious. But I know for myself, I'm more of a, let's just chat about the game. Let's not like trash talk, I think is dumb and overrated, <laughs> but it's like, let's just chat. We can just have a conversation about it. And that's cool too, I think. But uh, yeah, we'll see what the 49ers offense kind of, or off season kind of looks like, who they're losing, who they try to bring in, um, because there's a lot of beef going on right now. A lot of trash talk happening uh, amongst players. Uh, of the Fort Niners and like you know, the smallest things too, like Aaron Donald posting uh, his Super Bowl ring after the game, you know, on his Instagram story. It's that little stuff there. Um, and then obviously I had my little bit of uh, Shanahan trash that I was uh, posting about on X uh, after the game, just because I, I do. I do think he's overrated. I do think that um, that he he cannot close out games. And if you know what, if he's going to be uh, on the, the Rams most hated uh, team, then Hell yeah, let's just keep that up. Uh, so moving on here, that's the Super Bowl. Um, I, I hope that that didn't come off as just major trash talk or anything like that. Um, I just, uh, to, to close that, I mean, genuinely, the, the comment I think that I made multiple times there, I think rings true. Uh, both teams played great, the better team won. Um, so we'll see how it all shakes out in uh, the future of Brock Purdy because um, I think that uh, that, that uh, value is inflated right now. So maybe, maybe we'll take the PSIs out of that a little bit here. Uh, so moving on, I have a program note for you. I am actually moving to a new apartment uh, that'll happen next month. Today, it is the 13th of February. I'm moving on the 22nd of March, or at least starting on the 22nd of March. And uh, it's it's a, it's quite a pain right now. I'm also working 70-hour weeks. That's why uh, shows have been uh, audio only. That's why shows have been a little bit more sporadic, uh, just because I'm a sleepy boy, all right? Um, it's, it's tiring <laughs> to do 70 hours a week. Uh, two jobs right now, but um, with me moving and stuff like that, I think that this will be a very good thing, uh, and I'm excited to get a new setup. I'm excited to get, um, you know, just some updates into my life and uh, to Ram Showcase, uh, but that's kind of why I'm mentioning this at all, is because uh, this might be the final episode before I move. Um, I might squeak in one or two more. We'll kind of see what's happening if I feel like coming in, or maybe we'll hit a live stream or something like that. Maybe, maybe that'll be uh, the play, but uh, nothing, nothing in stone yet. I don't want to commit to anything right now. Uh, but uh, with me getting that new apartment, like I said, um, and uh, moving into season nine of Ram Showcase, we got the eight-year anniversary uh, headed your way on March fifteenth of Ram Showcase. Uh, so that's awesome. I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me all these years. 
no matter when you caught me. Um, I know some have been original listeners uh, from when the show first started, which is crazy to me, but uh, I do appreciate the heck out of it. You have no idea. But um, uh, the, the thing is, is uh, I, I do want to give some more updates to Ram Showcase because right now uh, I haven't been thrilled with it, I guess. And I, that's all on me. That's, uh, that's my thing. So if you have suggestions, anything like that that you'd like to see from this show, uh, definitely let me know. Um, cause I'm open to it right now for sure. I'm definitely, um, I'm not, uh, ignoring input for sure. And, uh, we'll see what we can do about syndication as far as, um, other segments, uh, things that I don't do and can't do and won't do <laughs> such as mock drafts and, uh, fantasy football. So we'll see, uh, if you have, um, the, you know, uh, any want or, uh, and the ability, uh, to create, uh, a five to 10 minute segment about a mock draft. Uh, contact me. Let's uh, reach out and uh, let's have a conversation. Let's see what we can do. We, uh, this will require tryouts, by the way. You will need to like send in samples and stuff. Just uh, just a heads up for you. But um, I'm definitely interested in doing that, and uh, I'll lend you some of my some of my time here on Ram Showcase if um, if I do find like feel like it brings uh, added value to the show. So definitely reach out if you have something that you would like to add to Ram Showcase. Uh, or um, or if you just have suggestions for me as well, that is absolutely okay. Uh, ramshowcase at gmail.com. Um, any of the socials work out at ramshowcase. So uh, definitely reach out. Let's uh, let's have a conversation. Maybe you could be part of this uh, this this whole thing that we got going here. <laughs> let's move on to uh, the off season dates here, and we are not doing any fan cases today because, well, I didn't know I was going to record today. I'll be honest. So I just kind of sat down, took some notes, and then started going. So I didn't post for uh, fan quesos. We'll do that next time, I believe. I hope we'll do that next time. But let's just take a look at some important off-season dates as we um, as we head into, uh, well, the off-season. The Super Bowl week is now over. This is a very quiet time. So it's good to just kind of put our eyeballs on uh, what is ahead here. Let's put on those binoculars and... Uh, See what uh see what lays between us and 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 kicking off more footballs, all right, in September time. So so uh, March or excuse me, February twentieth, trying to get too ahead of myself here, which is one week from today, uh as date of recording. Uh this will be the first day that uh, teams can designate franchise and transition tags. The Rams definitely have some available candidates for this, but I'm not sure the Rams will use this. And if I'm not mistaken, I still believe that LaMarcus Joyner would have been the last time the Rams used a franchise or transition tag. Um, that might be, I believe it was LaMarcus Joyner. If there's somebody else, then I'm just, I'm just forgetting about it. Uh, but that'll begin on February 20th. On the 27th through March 4th will be the Scouting Combine in Indy. And uh, I think that if you've been here on Ram Showcase, you know my, my feelings and emotions on the, the, the draft lead up and all that stuff. If you don't, I'll tell you, I like it. I do like it a lot, but I just don't like the pretending that, the, you know, all of these guys are going to have a major impact on uh, the NFL. And uh, the, the the mock draft stuff, I mean, if we if we try to look back at last year's, I mean, where does Puka Nakua land? In the fifth still? Probably not. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those. I, I kind of view it as a time waster, but I also understand the uh, value that it has on uh, learning uh, the, the, you know, the rankings of everybody and what teams are needing and stuff like that. So I do understand the value in it. It's just not something that I dig into. But the scouting combine, I think, is a good way to learn the players and just kind of figure some stuff out. It doesn't give us a whole lot as far as their abilities on the field. 
If we're just running some drills, some basic drills, everybody should be able to crush it in drills. Um, uh, it's obviously when you get pads on, that's, uh, that's when the difference happens. But I do think there's a lot of value in learning just who the guys are. And then you see some people and see the conversations that are being had. You kind of look into them more. And then that's where your real value, I think, is pulled from the combine. March 5th, the transition and franchise tag, uh, that is the deadline. So we have the 20th until March 5th uh, for that to happen. Again, I'm not sure the Rams will use this. March 11th through the 13th will be the negotiating period for pending uh, unrestricted free agents. So your tampering period, which is uh, something that I ultimately kind of dislike, but it's uh, something that the NFL is doing now. And I think with social media and the internet being so prevalent today, this is uh, here to stay, I would guess. And uh, March 14th, the new league year. And uh, this is a very exciting time because uh, the very next day is my uh, podcast anniversary. So that'll be that's always fun. And that's exactly when we switch over seasons. So we're in season eight right now. Uh, season nine of Ram Showcase will begin uh, after after this, after the new league year and uh, the, the anniversary happens. Try to think of something for the anniversary. We've got about a month. We'll, uh, we'll try to figure that out. Uh, but uh, new league year means free agency opens, trades can become official, and you can designate uh, post-June 1 cuts. And that is all just a cap thing. Uh, sometimes um, what will happen if you're trying to cut a player before June 1, you have to eat all of that cap in one year. And what will happen sometimes if you um, push it post-June 1 is uh, that will split up over two seasons. So the cap hit is just not as intense. Instead of $10 million in one year, it's Five million this year, five million the next kind of thing. So that's the value in uh, in having that. But that's when you can designate those, and it also helps the player because they know that they're being cut already, so they can talk to other teams and have those conversations about upcoming contracts. They just obviously can't sign them and become official till post June one, March twenty fourth through the twenty seventh is the annual league meetings in Orlando. We'll see what happens as far as any rule changes, rule updates, or uh, what information we get out of that. Um, I don't have their itinerary or anything, so I don't know what um, what hot pieces are going to be talked about uh, in the annual league meeting. Maybe we'll have more info on that as we dive in a little bit closer to that. But that is right about my move time, so I'm not sure I'll have the ability to really dive into that information uh, in podcast form. Um, so we'll we'll kind of see. We'll see. We'll play that one by ear. And then uh, April 1st, uh, teams with a new head coach can begin off-season conditioning, so that does not apply to the Rams. The one that does is April 15th, where the remaining teams can begin their off-season uh, conditioning programs. So uh, we're, I mean, that's really not far away. And I like to kind of, the way I kind of think about the NFL off-season is, um, like, like, there's no games being played, but there's still so much going on. And really that June time is what I consider the off-season, because right now, uh, the Super Bowl ended and it was immediately like, all right, who? Who, who are we bringing back, you know, and who, who do we fill in these voids with? Because we still got holes to fill, man. So uh, that's where my brain went immediately after, uh, after the game ended. Uh, April 19th is going to be deadlines for restricted free agents to sign offer sheets. So we'll kind of see how that will impact. Uh, we got some time to see how some things shake out until we uh, get to that information. Uh, April 25th through the 27th is the NFL draft in Detroit. The Rams have a first round pick. For the first time since 2016, that is correct. The Rams' most recent first-round pick was Jared Goff, a guy who's played for a different team for multiple seasons. So that's cool. And I also, I'll be honest, I totally kind of want the Rams to trade this. I just want to keep that streak alive, I think. is, And I want to keep being able to say first-round picks are for suckers. And if we pick in the first round, I can't say that anymore because then we would be the suckers. 
we can't be the suckers. Uh, May 2nd is uh, your fifth-year option deadline. This, again, does not apply to the Rams because, like I just said, we haven't had a first-round pick since uh, 2016. It's, it's been a bit, all right? And in fact, the guy that we didn't choose in that draft, we, we signed him this year because uh, he was a free agent. So like, and I, we were at his fourth team. <laughs> it's been a bit, been a bit. All right. And then uh, May 3rd through the 6th or the 10th through the 13th teams are permitted to hold a rookie minicamp. So we'll see what the Rams decide there. May or June time, May into June time. Uh, teams will begin their uh, OTAs and mandatory minicamps. So that is how that's all going to shake out for us. And uh, we'll kind of see, like I said, um, it's just, it's too hard to to nail down right now about like what the heck is going on and what we're going to be looking for. We can do mock drafts right now, um, but the, that obviously those are things that could be addressed in free agency. That's why I try not to, I even when I do look into mock drafts or kind of like even dabble into looking at draft classes at all, it's after free agency and after we know who we're bringing back and who the other guys from outside that we're bringing in because that changes everything. Like we could have said, uh, we could say right now, Rams are for sure going with an edge rusher. We need an edge rusher opposite of Byron Young and that is a lock. We are going edge rusher. And then we could like sign Brian Burns in like next month. And then, uh, then do we then do we draft a an edge rusher in the first round? Probably not. That's all. That's my point on that. So, I don't know, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of weird about the draft, <laughs> but I stand by it. All right. So let's move on here. Uh, this will be uh, what we wrap up on today. Is uh, the LA Rams free agency? Who stays and who goes? Who's getting the heck out of here? And uh, who's going to stick around? Players come and go. The Rams are forever. So uh, I kind of say that all the time because we'll get mad that some guys don't return. All right. Some of our favorite players, and you'll hear that in this tonight, some of our favorite players may not return. Okay. But does that mean we're just not going to be fans anymore because one player leaves? Hell no. That would be ridiculous. All right. So um, uh, these are not uh, necessarily what I want to happen. This is just my prediction, and uh, this is our all also in article form on ramshowcase.com, and that's exactly what I'm referencing as we go down this list. So feel free to follow along at home, ramshowcase.com, and uh, click under the blogs there. Uh, that's where we'll be, uh, we'll be reading from today. Well, I'm not going to read it, but well, that's how I'm, I'm following the list. So quarterback, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, of course, he uh, popped in. Uh, kind of late, um, probably wouldn't have been here if Stetson Bennett uh, was around, um, but we needed him um, simply because, uh, uh, well, Brett Rippon played in Green Bay, and we immediately knew that if Matthew Stafford went down, we could not do anything. So uh, that eventually led to Carson Wentz becoming a Ram and playing well against the 49ers in that final game of the regular season. I will say that. I will say that he did surprise me with how well he played in that game. Um, but ultimately, I think that uh, there's enough quarterback needy teams out there and Carson Wentz would be smart to take on and almost do exactly what Baker Mayfield did last year. Show up to a team late. I mean, he didn't play as many games as Baker did, of course, but uh, show that you can kind of do it, especially if you got the right coach um, and and move on to a team that maybe has a young quarterback right now that they don't absolutely love. And you come in and create that position battle. 
What up Atlanta and Raheem Morris? That seems like such a perfect fit for Carson Wentz to me that it is not even funny. All right, Desmond Ritter is fine. Carson Wentz, though, could absolutely come in there and at the very minimum light a fire under that guy. So I do think that Carson Wentz does not return to the Rams. I do think that there's enough teams out there um, that could use him to either um, be that good backup, be a solid backup for you, or to light a fire, fire under a young guy and uh, just kind of get that motivation going. And I do think Atlanta is a very perfect fit. Desmond Ritter, Raheem Morris out there now. I think that that just makes a lot of sense. We'll see, though. We'll see. Uh, but I do, think, I do think Carson Wentz leaves. I don't think he's our backup going into next year. Next up is wide receiver Demarcus Robinson. I think that Mark, uh, Demarcus Robinson, I would say, is exactly what I wanted slash thought Je- Van Jefferson could be. And Demarcus Robinson was that. Uh, for that reason, I do think that he sticks around. I will say that um, the emergence of <clears throat> excuse me, uh, guys like Puka Nakua, I do think kind of hinder this a little bit because uh, what kind of dollars is DeMarcus going to be asking for and is another team willing to give him more than the Rams are? So uh, with that all being said, this one I'm not super confident in, but I do think that the Rams want to keep him. And I do think an attempt will be made to keep him. Whether he sticks around or not, I think is up to him. Uh, but I'm going to lock in a prediction of him staying. Wide receiver Austin Trammell had a couple of mildly exciting returns, but ultimately, he never really felt like like you had to see his returns. Like, if he was if he was lined up back there, you're not like, oh man, Austin's about to break one. That never really felt like a real thing. Although I do like Austin Trammell. I do think he looked better on offense than he ever did returning. So... Maybe let's figure that out. Um, but it, it, do you bring him back just to be a low-level wide receiver? Yeah, I'm going to say stays. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he sticks around. Tight end Bryson Hopkins. A very difficult prediction, especially considering the fact that Tyler Higby tore his ACL in the Rams uh, playoff game in Detroit. So that's a tough pick because if uh, Tyler Higby is healthy, I think that Bryson Hopkins is a clear lock to leave, uh, especially with Davis Allen coming in and playing good football. So. Um, with that being said, though, um, I, I do think that Bryson Hopkins will be uh, somebody who wants to test it out there because no matter what, it, whether Higby's healthy or not, whether Davis Allen you know, continues to, to, to progress or not, I think that Bryson Hopkins understands that if he returns to this team, he's a backup. And I do think that he's going to be at least willing to um, see what other teams have for him as far as a potential plan goes. So I'm going to say that Bryson Hopkins takes off. Uh, left tackle, A.J. Jackson, only left tackle to start at left tackle in the league last year, and he is an absolute monster. Of course, he started very strong, had a bit of a dip in production midseason, and then ended really strong, which is really good to see. Uh, but I think at just 25 years old, uh, you, you have a left tackle that you feel very confident in. He's 25 years old. Let's go ahead and just lock him in. Let's go ahead and keep him around. I think that it would be a bad move to let him walk. I think that we need to... Make sure that uh, before the testing of any free agency is even possible, we've got him inked up. So I have A.J. Jackson staying, and uh, I think that that's critical for this Rams offensive line. Next up, safety John Johnson. Uh, he did return to the Rams and didn't really have a major impact on the field with Quinton Lake playing pretty well. Um, we had, you know, just some different rotations kind of going on, rust yeast and stuff like that in uh, the secondary um, I would say that uh, the, the return of John Johnson felt weird. Um, it felt kind of awkward. 
the 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 news breaking was underwhelming, which is unfortunate for somebody as cool as John Johnson. Um, but ultimately, I'm gonna say that he does find another team that he uh, moves on. And I'm not gonna say that uh, that's a Chris Shula move that you know Shula doesn't see the value in him or anything like that. But I would say ultimately the Rams they have a hard time paying safeties. And I think that that is, this is just another thing that happens is John Johnson leaves uh, because Russ East and Quentin Lake, I don't hate that combo. I think it's young and inexperienced and it makes me a little bit nervous, but I don't hate it. All right. Uh, which kind of brings me, uh, so John Johnson goes, by the way. Um, so, which kind of brings me to the next one, safety, Jordan Fuller. Jordan uh, Fuller, his injuries are not helping him here. And uh, I think everybody kind of knows my personal emotions on John, John or uh, excuse me, on Jordan Fuller. I think Jordan Fuller is awesome. Uh, when he's out there, I'm a big fan of Jordan Fuller for sure. But uh, let's not forget that in the Rams playoff or in the Super Bowl run, he wasn't there. Um, that's why the Rams needed to bring in Eric Weddle. In this season here, uh, there was no Jordan Fuller in Detroit against the, the Lions. And I do think that that eventually has to be a conversation. We've said this about Cooper Cup as well, though. So, you know, maybe maybe I say this and then he comes in and he looks like the best player in the league. But um, Jordan Fuller, I do think that uh, those injuries are hurting him. And I think ultimately he will be able to pull something more. And also, I think a Fuller and Bates safety combo in Atlanta, it just makes all the sense in the world, right? And uh, in a Raheem Morris-led defense, too, I think that that just totally checks out. Bates, Fuller, Atlanta, I don't know. Something about that just feels real. And I will say this, too. Players come and go. The Rams are forever. All right. I love Jordan Fuller. I wish him the best. But if he's gone, well, I just got I just pick a new favorite player to be determined. We'll figure that out if Jordan Fuller leaves. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I have him going. Uh, running back, Ronnie Rivers. So he's been a fine running back every time he's touched the field. Um, but the Rams do kind of have a, a little bit of a loaded spot here. And uh, a lot of questions about whether Freeman will return. He is still under contract. So we'll kind of see. Uh, if there's any other surprise cuts as well, because that will happen, uh, guys. It's not just going to be free agents. There's going to be guys who are currently under contract for next year that we go ahead and say, like, eh, maybe you're good. <laughs> we're, we're all right here, man. We're good, <laughs> you know. Um, but Ronnie Rivers, I do think I like Ronnie Rivers. He also just hit a half a million dollars in Vegas, so that's pretty exciting for him. Um, uh, but I, I would say that with the way that this room looks, with Zach Evans, um, Kyron Williams being an absolute monster probably the best back in the league right now. Uh, I would say that Ronnie Rivers uh, is going to test it out there, and I'm going to say that he goes. Linebacker Troy Reeder was definitely a depth piece. He does hold value on special teams, uh, but he's brought brought back because he's a good teammate. He's got familiarity with the defense, all that good stuff. Uh, verdict, I'm going to say he goes. I don't think he has any true value as far as the defense goes, unless Chase Blackburn um, makes a real push to keep him uh, hanging around on special teams. Christian Roseboom finally got his chance to start after being on special teams for a few years. Um, so, like, I don't know. That, that combo of Jones and uh, Roseboom, Brosboom, as, as I'm so mad I haven't been calling him this whole time, um, I, I think that that combo is really good, actually. I think that ultimately fans, um, and, and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm pumping his value a little bit, but I think that the way that, that Christian Roseboom plays in this defense is absolutely critical. Uh, I think that he plays very, very good football for this Rams team, and he's not necessarily getting all those numbers, but he's doing those little things. Like a lot of times you see him fill in a gap, and then that player goes to another spot where Ernest Jones is or pushes him into the arms of Aaron Donald or something. So 
I think that Rose Boom, Bros Boom, has a lot of value on this team. I'm going to say that he stays. And I also don't think he'll be super expensive, which is uh, very critical too. Guard Kevin Dotson. Uh, this guy, man, uh, so he showed up late, obviously. We got him, uh, it was a trade in the preseason. And we were all kind of expecting a certain offensive line. And then, you know, K-Dot shows up, and uh, which I think is the K- Kentucky Department of Transportation. Uh, K-Dot shows up and is just an absolutely unbelievable guard. So uh, he's gonna probably demand quite a bit of coin, but I think that this Rams offensive line, it needs to stay in place. We need to see how well we can keep this unit together. Um, so for that reason, and him only being 27, I'm going to say it's, it's a critical move that the Rams bring back Dotson. Guard Tremaine Ankrum. I almost said Johnson there. Tremaine Ankrum. Uh, so he's a, uh, like a backup rotational player who can play in a lot of different spots, and I do think that that holds a lot of value. Uh, but there's something about Ankrum that makes me think that he's going to test the market, but ultimately return to the Rams. And I, I do have this in the article here. Um, and, like, I don't know how to explain why I think that he'll test the market and still return to the Rams, but that is my official prediction. My official prediction is that he goes and then stays. Think um, Roger Saffold, all right? That's kind of how I'm going to relate this, is like maybe he'll even discuss with a team so much that they have a deal in place, but then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the Rams, I think. Like, I don't know. Because uh, I don't know if you remember the Saffold situation. If you don't, by the way, I don't want to like leave you in the dark here. Is that he agreed to terms with the Raiders. And then they failed him on his physical uh, because they were worried about his, I think it was his shoulder. And then he came back to the Rams and started. So, I mean, the, the, the injury issues and concerns with the Raiders were unwarranted. But they were able to fail, avoid the contract with a failed physical designation. Uh, just because they were worried about his injury. So I, uh, something feels like it's going to happen with Tremaine Ingram in that situation, so we'll see. Uh, next up is defensive lineman Laryl Murchison. Uh, Murch, man, a uh, solid rotational player when it comes into this uh, Rams defensive line. I think that, you know, Kobe Turner and Aaron Donald is an unfair combination, uh, but Murch coming in as a backup rotational guy uh, alongside with, like, Bobby Brown and Ernest Brown, like, I think that uh, that Merch has some some true value, so I'm going to say that he sticks around here, or at least where we offer him to stick around. And uh, Michael Hoyt. Um, so, all right, this is this is how I opened it in uh, in the article here is uh, that uh, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, like Michael Hoyt, <laughs> uh, or no, that was sorry, I read that too fast. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, dot dot dot. I like Michael Hoyt. All right. So, and that, that whole comment, um, if you don't know that, that quote, it's, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its entire life believing it's an idiot. And if we judge Michael Hoyt, an edge rusher, a defensive lineman converted to an outside linebacker by his ability to cover guys like Devontae Adams, we're always going to think that he's a terrible player. But guess what? He shouldn't be out on Devontae Adams. He should not be covering Debo Samuel in the slot. He should not. I'm trying to think of other examples we've seen this season. He should not be covering these guys. So the fact that uh, he was, I think, was creating an unfair um, uh, opinion from Rams fans about Michael Hoyt. I like Michael Hoyt a lot. But to see him out covering Devontae Adams is like, oh, we're just giving up this first down. That's cool, I guess. Like, what the hell are we doing out here, man? He can't do that. Like, so I don't know. 
I like Michael Hoyt, but let's see him as um, uh, just as a as a rusher. All right, let's just put him back to where he belongs. All right, can we just do that? Verdict stays, but also he's got a sick Super Bowl tattoo, and I, we don't need to see that on another team. Uh, defensive end Jonah Williams. Uh, Jonah Williams, I think that he has he. I think he did a really good job this season. Uh, but he's one of those guys that is such a deep rotational guy that I don't think that he has as much value returning to the Rams as the Rams have value in him returning, if that makes any sense. So I think for him and his career, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to take off. Um, obviously, I think that it would benefit the Rams a lot for him to come back, but we'll see what happens. Um, another guy that, I'll be honest, I think fits perfectly in Atlanta. We'll say that. So I'm going to say that Jonah Williams goes. Next up here is Akella Witherspoon. we only got a couple more here. Uh, Akella Witherspoon showed up and was absolutely unbelievable. Very much Kevin Dotson where he shows up kind of late and you're like, oh, we'll see. And then he's uh, great, you know, uh, definitely our best corner. Definitely our best corner uh, this season as, you know, uh, Durant seemed like he took a step back and and Kendrick was either incredible or terrible. <laughs> there was no middle ground. He's either like, he's either the, the locking somebody down or getting absolutely torched. So Got to figure out some middle ground there, man. But and I like him a lot. But uh, we'll see how he keeps on developing. Probably not going to be a starter next year. If I had to guess, I don't know that though. Obviously, uh, but Akello Witherspoon, I think he's such a great leader in that group. He's 29, so as far as like a corner, he's in that range of like, do you bring him back? Do you not? But 29, I mean, that's still young, man. That's still the ability to get things done and be awesome. So I'm going to say that Akello Witherspoon returns simply because we really are going to need that um, that veteran kind of like that that strong presence in the in the secondary, especially if both John Johnson and Jordan Fuller leave. I think we need a guy like Akello in the secondary to kind of be that leader of the group. And then uh, next up, I'm going to say Duke Shelley. Uh, so he's kind of been flirting with the Rams roster on and off a little bit here and there. Um, he has played well when he's in, for sure. Um, but I, I do feel like he kind of gets buried in uh, the depth chart because he, he isn't really flashy. He's not very obnoxious. He's not very loud. He's just a very solid player. Um, and I do think that the Rams and the way that their secondary is built right now. Excuse me. I don't know if I'm getting sick or not. Oh, no, I better not be. I work 70 hours a week. I can't be affording this right now. Um, but uh, uh, Duke Shelley, I think he's played really well every time he's come in. But the, the Rams have some young guys right now. They're, they're blatantly trying to get a lot of playing time out there. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to say that Duke Shelley takes off, and I think he he finds more value in uh, finding another team. So uh, that is your picks right there. If you'd like to take a peek back at those, uh, ramshowcase.com, it's all right there. Um, so I've kind of laid it all out, my reasonings behind each pick as well, which is a little bit different. I didn't just read them, uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> check that out there. I'll also link it in uh, the description wherever you can hear me, so... Um, that is that your uh, your who stays who goes and also let me know what, what you think do you agree with any of these picks do you disagree with all of them that's totally okay just let me know reach out at ram showcase at sheriff joe bags is where you can follow um, but that's uh, that's gonna do it for this episode all right let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up here and uh, ramshowcase.com that is again where you find that article that's also where you find your ram showcase t-shirts uh, that does uh, help the show out quite a bit, especially, hey, right now, I'm not trying to, you know, beg or anything like that, but uh, I'm moving right now. So, yeah, that def every every penny helps right now, for sure. Uh, but also, the second best way to help out the show is uh, just hang out here. Just be here. That's uh, it's absolutely perfect. You're, you're doing everything I'm asking you to. Uh, the shirts is an above and beyond thing, though. 
if, uh, if you do feel the, 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 the want to rock a sick Ram Showcase t-shirt. More for you than me. Honestly, these things are so sick. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for me. At Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags. That's where you follow on your favorite social media. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening. And go Rams!